Welcome to RN.FM, Nursing Unleashed, where every Monday night, nurse bloggers Kevin Ross, Keith Carlson, and Anna Morrison bring you ultra-informative interviews with the top thought leaders in nursing, healthcare, and entrepreneurship. Join us every week for the latest strategies for nursing success from top nursing consultants, business owners, coaches, authors, speakers, and bloggers. It's never been easier to learn how to succeed as a nurse. Welcome to an eye-opening experience you won't find anywhere else. Anywhere else. Anywhere else. Good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us on RNFM Radio. I am so excited that you're here tonight, and I'm happy to be back tonight. I'm sorry I missed last week. Uh, Mom had some surgery, but she's all better now, and she's uh, running circles around me. So I'm back, and uh, very excited to be back. I have a very special announcement before we go further. I just found out about five minutes ago that it is Andrew Lopez's birthday, and I just wanted to give a big happy birthday shout-out to Andrew Lopez of NurseUp.com. Great resource, great site if you're looking for anything related to nurse advocacy. Um, Andrew's a great friend of the show. He runs our tweet chats, and just wanted to give a lot of birthday love to you, Andrew. Thank you so much for everything you do, and happy birthday. And uh, Kevin and Keith, how you doing, buddies? Doing great, and Anna, we did put the toilet seat back down while you were away, so <laughs> welcome back. We are glad to have Thank you back. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that very much. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. We we miss you. I hope we held it together. I think we did a good job. Um, I think we did great. Yeah, I think we did. I think we great. did. But yeah, I just want to give everybody a shout out and just say, you know, what up? And um, of course... <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to Andrew Lopez, brother. Um, I hope it's been a great day for you and hope it continues to do so. And thank you for spending part of your birthday with us tonight. Ah, yes. A little birthday love from the sound room for uh, love Andrew. That. There you go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And this is Keith. Hello, everyone out there. And happy birthday to Andrew Lopez, Nurse Friendly. And we're very happy you all are here. Uh, Last week we had a great show, although it wasn't quite as great as it could have been because Anna Morrison wasn't here. However, I think Kevin and I held down the fort and held the toilet seat down. And we had a really great show last week, and we're very, very happy to have our special guest, Coach Perg, tonight, who we will introduce in just a couple minutes. But first, Anna's going to talk about what's coming up over the next three weeks. Absolutely. Um, We have got a very exciting guest for you, two guests, in fact. We're going to do a a twofer next week, Uh, and that is uh, April 2nd on Monday, um, same time, same place. We're going to have Dr. Dean, author of The Millionaire Nurse, with us, and he's been gracious, gracious enough to offer to bring his wife on as well, who is his partner in crime. She is an RN um, and hence his, his interest in millionaire nurses or making nurses millionaires. Um, and she's got just some great financial advice uh, for nurses out there. Incredible book. If you haven't read it, pick it up. It's phenomenal, called The Millionaire Nurse. Um, also, he's got a, just a wonderful blog and newsletter. I'm signed up to his newsletter, and I really look forward to getting it um, whenever he sends it out. So check that out, and really excited for you to listen in uh, next Monday for that. And then the following Monday on the 9th, we're going to go ahead and take a break um, because it's Easter and um, we'll likely be in sugar comas anyway. So That's right. You'll be in a sugar coma, we'll be in a sugar coma. Let's all just take a nice Easter break. That's what we're going to do. 
And the following week, on the 16th, we will be blessed to have Carol Gino, the one and only author of The Nurse's Story, um, Rusty's Story. There are so many other books she's written. Um, The Family, if any of you guys watch Showtime and you like the show The Borgias, um, she, you know, her, her... partner um, of 20 years, Mario Puzo, uh, was involved in writing that book um, that inspired the show. So that'll be that'll be a pretty amazing show. Uh, you won't want to miss that. Definitely a, a trip and a half. Um, so, and before we introduce Perg, why don't we tell everybody how they can uh, interact with us tonight, Kevin? How can they interact? Well, actually... How can they interact um, with us tonight, buddy? Well, I am going to just uh, let you guys know, but let me give you a disclaimer really quick, peeps. Stay away from the peeps when it comes to Easter. I I don't know. My mother loves those, like, marshmallow, sprinkled sugar. I don't know. Stay away from those things, you know? I mean, um, they're dangerous. So, peeps, stay away from the peeps. (laughs) Anyway, I just had to get on. Yeah, I'm very passionate about it. Just get away from them. Don't even... (laughs) So, how you can find us? Of course, you can you can interact with us. Uh, of course, on uh, tweet chat. So, if you're on a Twitter feed, the hashtag is um, hashtag RNFM Radio. And then, um, if you want to use the tweet chat interface, just go to tweetchat.com forward slash room forward slash RNFM Radio. Of course, we do have a phone line, and you can catch us on three four seven three zero eight. 8064. And if you're missing tonight's show, don't worry. You can find us on iTunes, just RNFM Radio, all one word. You can follow us on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com, or is it blogtalk.com uh, forward slash RNFM Radio? There you go. All right. You got it, buddy. All right. Awesome. So um, without further ado, Keith, you want to go ahead and int- uh, introduce our guest tonight? Sure. It'll be my pleasure. So we are introducing Michael Pergram. P-E-R-G-R-E-M, Pergram, also known as Coach Perg. Uh, Michael Pergram has been an LPN for nearly 22 years, and he's worked with clients with developmental disabilities. He's worked in a skilled pediatric home, uh, I mean, skilled pediatric home care, mental health, and dialysis. And he recently spent 10 years working at a state developmental center caring for residents with dual diagnoses with various mental illnesses and developmental disabilities. Um, he himself reached a critical state of burnout and decided he had to make a change. He left that state facility, went to work in dialysis, um, and he didn't really enjoy working in that sort of assembly line for-profit model, rushing rushing patients in and out. And he realized he really needed to do something different. He was studying life coaching for several years and enrolled in a program to learn life coaching as an actual trade. And he realized... He'd always been the kind of guy his friends knew they could turn to when they when a crisis arose, and he was always there to listen and provide guidance whenever his friends turned to him. So he realized that doing this sort of work was really his passion, and he became really committed to pursuing that dream. And it seems that Michael really took his love of coaching and his love of nursing and has put them together into a very interesting and wonderful package. Um, He made the decision to live this dream, dusted off his old high school nickname of Perg to use as his brand, and then decided that he really was going to serve fellow nurses that were going through the things he went through, like burnout, and Coach Perg, the nurse coach, was born. 
and his mission is to instill passion in those he serves by guiding nurses from burnout to a life on fire. And his website, his his very nice website is coachperg.com, which we'll mention several times throughout the show. And Perg, it's wonderful to have you here. Uh, Can you just say hello to everyone? Well, sure. Hi, everyone. And Keith, thanks for the gracious introduction, and thank you for spelling my last name out. Um, <laughs> Since uh, I slaughtered uh, it earlier. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's, that's, com- that's been a common thing all my life, Anna, and, which is, and is also part of the reason why I decided to use my old nickname right. uh, in my business. Very good, very good. Well, Coach, we're we're really glad you're here, and um, before we get started with your interview, you, uh, Keith said something that that really stands out. You do have an incredible website, um, and guys, if you haven't been to his website out there listening, check out CoachPerg.com. It is really well done, and um, I just like who did your website? It's fantastic. I'm so glad you asked that. I wanted to know that too. <laughs> I know. I was like, I gotta know. <laughs> Well, uh, a gentleman by the name of Richard Strauss uh, did the website, and actually, I'm, I apologize, I wasn't prepared for that question. I don't have his uh, uh, the name of his business in front of me, uh, okay. but I'm sure if any, I'm sure if anyone uh, is interested and wants to uh, Google his name again, it's Richard Strauss, S T R A U S E. You know, I'm sure they'll find him, but uh, it's a uh, it's a new it's a new website uh, just launched in February, uh-huh. uh, I believe it was uh, late January, early February, and um, um, you know there's uh, there's more coming. So awesome! Uh, you, you check it out. Be sure and check back because there'll be there'll be more on it as time goes on. Well, actually, Very let good. me. Let me throw in a piece there too, guys, um, that if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, typically you will find uh, oftentimes the author of the site or who developed the mm-hmm, site. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it is Web Business Tactics, and if you click on that link, it's a hyperlink to that gentleman's site. There you go. Thank you, Kevin. I hadn't thought of that. It's Very okay, Perry. That's what I'm here for. That's what <laughs> Kevin does best. Another set of eyes. <laughs> Technology is my thing. That is right. That's great. Well, okay, so I, I'm sorry I threw us all by, by just doing that, but I just had to know. It's such a great site. I was very impressed. Um, well, thank so. you. No problem. Um, Bert, can you go go ahead and just tell us a little bit? You know, we learned a little bit about you in the intro, but tell us a little bit more, a little bit something we don't know about your journey, your experience, and really how you, the person – became you the coach and you the nurse entrepreneur? Okay, well, um, <clears throat> you know, actually, of course, there's uh, there are uh, all the um, all the issues that attribute uh, to burnout, uh, you know, that one experiences that goes through that, uh, which are actually... Uh, you know, to be fair, not just uh, don't have to just be um, restricted to what happens in the workplace. Um, you know, all of your um, life experiences can, uh, some of your life experiences rather, can also 
uh, attribute to or set you up for that. Um, right. You know, I, I, I've uh, you know I've gone through uh, you know divorce. Uh, um, my uh, um, you know, death of my parents and, and you know, things like that as well. Right. Uh, that, that have all, uh, that can all help uh, contribute. Um, you know, the thing, the thing about burnout is that uh, it's, it's, a, it's a cumulative thing. It's a, right. a response to uh, cumulative events. Um, and you know, uh, you you reach a point of uh, you know getting to that state over time, uh, right? With re- re- reoccurring um, events. Got it. Uh, so you know, I went through I went through all that. Um, I was uh, you know people are people can also. You know, some people, uh, what affects some people, uh, you know, don't affect others so much. Um, It depends on the person. It's a very individual thing. However, um, you know, I think I found that uh, uh, certain personality types can be predisposed uh, to burnout. Um, And it's it's usually people uh, uh, with type A personalities that are perfectionists. Uh, you know, we we go to school uh, uh, to nursing school, and we learn all the protocols and the procedures uh, to do what uh, what we have to do out in the field, uh-huh. uh, and then oftentimes we get out in the field. And we experience the real world of nursing. Sure. Uh, and uh, often that is where you're in situations of uh, low staffing levels, um, and basically, um, uh, to not get into a whole lot of drawn out detail, you're you're placed in a situation <clears throat> uh, where uh, it's just. Uh, more than one person can do, and uh, you start having uh, you start having to cut corners. Right. And uh-huh. uh, you know that doesn't that doesn't sit well with most of us as nurses. We uh, uh, you know that that's something that we weren't taught to do, uh, and it doesn't sit well with us, and that affects. You know our our self esteem. Uh, it, it affects uh, us in a, in a way that that we don't feel that uh, we're doing uh, our job as we should, and we're not. Uh, and uh, all that predisposes us uh, to burnout. Uh, we also see uh, a lot of horrific things. Uh, and we learn very quickly in the beginning, uh, most of us, how to block those things out, sort of, you know, how to how to deal with them. Uh, and 
the way that we deal with them is more or less by not experiencing uh, the effects of those things. Right. Uh, Perg, um, yeah. based on based on the insidiousness of of burnout and the way it really sneaks up on you, and I I will admit here on the air that I was a, a sufferer of burnout as well. Not anymore, but it did happen to me. Based on this insidious aspect of it, how how does one notice that it's happening? Like, what's the trigger? What what does what do some nurses notice? What what happens in their lives or at work that makes them think, huh, something's not quite right? Okay. Well, I, I, uh, are, are you are you asking like symptoms or? Oh well, it can be a symptom, or it could even be just like, what is what does the nurse notice? What what's happening that makes them think, huh, I'm I'm burning out. I'm I'm Things are not quite as they were. Well, that's a very good question because uh, what typically happens uh, many times is that uh, we deny it. We, we, we go into a state of denial uh, because we see it as a weakness for one thing and for another uh we realize that if we're in a situation where we don't feel where we feel powerless uh as far as uh how to change it uh we tend to not want to face it uh because that that may involve to do so may involve having to do things that we feel uh we can't or don't want do. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, insidious is, is a perfect word because it it really does sneak up on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know th- things things start happening like uh, you know uh, you 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 recall when you first uh, got out of nursing school how enthusiastic you were and how. It, how excited you were to uh, to be a nurse uh, and um, look forward to your job, uh, and right. then suddenly you find yourself in a place where uh, not so much. You know, mm-hmm. you uh, uh, you no longer look forward to it. In fact, you dread uh, going into work. Um, you uh, you know you can also you may also, uh, uh, in later stages, begin noticing that you bec- you're becoming forgetful. Um, right. Right. Okay. Right. You're 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 forgetting things that uh, you never used to forget before. Um, you, you 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 know it, you know you 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 may even question you know because you know these are the kinds of things we're around being nurses. You may question you know am I Am I uh, have I got early stage Alzheimer's or? or right. yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, and Perg, I was I kind of wanted to jump in here, um, you know, to kind of talk about the burnout. Now, have you or do you or do you or have you worked with um, individuals with developmental disabilities um, in in a nursing capacity? Yes. 
Okay, because I mean, I I'm very familiar with that um, environment, and it does seem to be uh, one of probably quick burnout when essentially you are working with this population. I mean, it's it, it's very gratifying personally to work with this population, um, but when you as a nurse, uh, I've I've worked with this population in several different roles. When I when I became a nurse and took it to that level. It wasn't only about just working with the individual and doing training for the staff, um, the support staff and the foster care uh, individuals, uh, the providers, so to speak, but just also advocating for these individuals, um, bridging all of the gaps between all the medical professionals, uh, all the healthcare providers out there, because obviously these individuals have so many complexity uh, or, or just multiple complexities that, that just, it's almost unfathomable. You know, Perg, where do you see yourself as um, sort of a benefit to nurses who are in that same uh, sort of scope or that same practice that they're doing that day-to-day? Um, I mean, being that you're familiar with it, you certainly are one who has, has worked in that environment, and I feel that, that this your services could certainly benefit them. Where would you start uh, with someone that's in that sort of that practice? And Well... Uh, where I would start is, uh, for, for me, uh, I feel that uh, some of the first things that need to be gotten out of the way uh, is uh, a little bit of, um, well, actually a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of deep discussions uh, on, uh, you know, where, on how to, first of all, alter their mindset. Because a lot of us, uh, you know, we, we, go, we go through life um, uh, with all these negatives pounded upon us by society as, as well as in the workplace. And uh, we kind of get um, a negative uh, mindset from that, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I you, you know, yeah, I, I've, I've had dreams of, of doing this or doing that, but, you know, I can't do that or I can't do this and, you know, that I can't kind of attitude. Uh, and so we, um, you know, lose some, lose some of our um, zeal and gratification for life there and, uh you know, just all the things that we are that are ingrained in us from the time that we're small children, uh, as far as mindset goes, that we need to overcome uh, and come to a point of realizing that you know we have the power within us uh, to do anything we want. Uh, and to change anything that that's not serving us. Hmm. Uh, so, is that pergology? Because I, um, one of the things that struck me on your on your website was when I went and I saw, you know, the the very first word you see is bright yellow pergology, and I thought, oh my God, has he developed some kind of uh, philosophy or methodology? Um, I'm very interested. What is this pergology? <laughs> Is that some of what well, it, what you're talking about, or tell us well, tell us more yeah, about that's, that? That's some of what I'm talking about. Yes. Okay, uh, break and, it down and, for us. What is this pergology? 
Well, first of all, let me say I, I'm I'm glad it struck you that way because that oh, was totally. my intent. yeah that that was my intent by using that. But uh, you know, I uh, it, it's actually you know uh, of course with no intent behind it to mislead anyone. But most people uh, uh, are not experienced with uh, the life coaching modality, and and uh, they don't uh, you know they. They they just don't know what it, what it's all about, and uh, it's pergology is is actually a uh, common modality of, of when you know a lot of people think of a coach as a as a, a football high school football coach or a professional right. football coach or a basketball coach or whatever uh, who who's out there you know drilling uh, the players and and telling them what to do and. And uh, life coaching isn't like that. Um, right. You know, uh, I, I don't. I don't believe. Uh, now, I, I I know there are some coaches out there that 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 do do that, uh, but I don't believe in telling people what to do uh, mm. to to fix their lives. I believe I, I'm of the philosophy that we all have all the answers to to every question that we have within us. Um, it's just a matter of realizing it and bringing right. and bringing those questions out to the surface Accessing or bringing the that, answer, yeah. answers out uh-huh. to the surface. And uh, the, way, the way that I do that uh, is through uh, listening and, uh, uh, and intuitive listening. Uh, mm. You know, pick, picking up on all the all the nuances I can, the change in voice, uh, uh, repeated words and phrases, and and then uh, coming back with intuitive questions uh, that um, that they that that the client uh, li- likely from the co- from what I'm getting in the conversation hasn't considered. Right. So you're drawing out. Yeah. Right. And Perg, Perg, what I understand about that, too, is that, and I'm sure you do, too, is it's a deep sort of listening. It's not that surface listening that we all do from day to day, but it's it's going under what the client says, and it's really looking for keywords and, and feeling states, sort of like the subterranean context of what the client is saying. Exactly, and, and I love the way you put that. Yes, it's more, it's more feeling rather than listening. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So does it? Well, I was going to jump in here, fellows, and, and ask do. you. Well, does it get so to where that um, you're trying to lead those uh, pieces out for someone to, you know, so you can just kind of lay it all out, and then they see it, but. What happens, let's say that you have a client that you've been working with for a while and you just don't reach that point. I mean, is it that they're not ready for um, that stage yet? Or um, do you basically just kind of have to come right out and say it? I mean, well, it, it, have an uncomfortable conversation you know, conversation about it. Well, for, first of all, what I, I might mention something that came to mind as you were saying that, uh, you know, uh, not – Every coach is suited for every client, mm-hmm. uh, and not every client, and not every client is suited for every coach. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if, if I find that I'm working with someone uh, and I'm, I, I've tried every uh, tool in my bag uh, to, uh, to help them and I'm not making progress, uh, you know, I will come right out and and explain that to them, uh, and uh, explain that I think that they could see uh, progress much more quickly uh, with another coach. Mm-hmm. And and uh, at that time, I'll I'll resort to uh, the vast array of, of coaches that I know. Uh, and uh, and I'll do a, a virtual introduction for them if that's what they want me to do, and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know get them in contact with that person. Mm-hmm. But yes, yes, sometimes you know there are occasions. But I, you know, I've never I've never run on an occasion where. Uh, you know, knock on wood, not to say it, it won't ever happen, but I've never run on an occasion where uh, I couldn't eventually uh, get someone to see what I was seeing from my perspective. You know, we, we that's the whole thing about this. You know, there are, there are so many things that, that we as human beings uh, don't see from our perspective from behind our own eyes. Uh, right. And and as they're talking in these uh, coaching sessions, uh, from my perspective, from an outside perspective, it's often easy to see these things, but it's not easy for them. No. Uh, you know, one of my favorite sayings is you can't see the picture from inside the frame. That's and, right. And it's true. You need someone who is standing outside of the frame to show you, you know, their perspective of the picture because it will be quite different from your own. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. That's right. right. Yeah. And to yeah. and to show to show that person by intuitive questions and and statements that lead them to that lead, lead that will lead them outside of themselves, right? And able and able to look back in so that they discover it on their own is much right. more profound. Than just coming right out and, and and telling a person, sure, you know what 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 they need to do, right. right? Well, and and also too, I think you know, Perg, you 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 answered it very sort of eloquently in in a way that um, it speaks to me as a as a business owner. Um, you could have people coming to you, money in hand, ready to receive your help, and you're right. Sometimes it's just not a great fit. I've I've worked. And this goes across the board, whether you're a coach, and a nurse burnout coach, or a um, coach for businesses, or even if you're not a coach, even just in any business. I've had individuals, organizations approach me, money in hand, ready to pay me for my services, and it just wasn't going to be a good fit. And the initial piece is, of course, shock when you say, you know, I don't think we're that's going to be right uh, for us to work together. Um, but ultimately, if somebody comes to me with a problem – and I can't give them the solution. I mean, you know, it's just I want them. I deep down, I truly want them to find that solution. And if I can help them uh, find someone who can get them there either quicker, more efficiently, just in a better way, 
I'm obviously going to refer out. And quite frankly, I've actually had people come back to me after and say, I know we didn't get a chance to work on this project together, but I just admired your honesty and your transparency, and I want to work with you on this. What do you think about that? And then, you know, we've worked together in the future. So um, yeah. I think people need to keep that in mind, too. Yeah, so initially, initially people will be taken back because it's, it's uh, it, it, you know, it's just not a common thing uh, in today's world for someone to do that. But among, among coaches, at least the coaches that I know, uh, it is very common. Uh, not, not that it's common that, that they can't work with people, but it's common that if they can't, that they, uh, that they would refer someone. Uh, you know, that's what we all do. Right. Uh, I think right. that's I think that's true, Perg, and you know, um I think it shows humility and I think it also shows uh really a really innate intelligence of knowing what your gifts are and knowing when a client needs something else. And I think it it's right. really it's a strength. It's really a strength to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Well sure it is. And yeah. and you know, how can we how can we possibly uh, uh, live uh, a philosophy that we promote uh, if if we don't do that. Right. Bingo. Right. Exactly. Now, um, Per, can I ask you a question about burnout? Sure. Sure. Uh, I, you know, people have different theories about what the stages of burnout are. Um, can you give us sort of the point-by-point point of burnout? And we won't go into too much of the detail yet, but what do you see as the stages? What happens to a nurse, for instance? Um, just sort of the bullet points. Okay, sure. Uh, first, uh, there's um, – and these are generalities, okay? Each individual is different. But of typically the first, the first thing is physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion. Um, you know, you 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 may be still holding it together, uh, you know, but uh, at, at work uh, or at school, if you're in nursing school, uh, as as soon as you get home, you know, you head for the fridge and and you know, uh, get out the six pack of beer or the Hagen Doss and or Ben and Jerry. You turn on the tube and you collapse on the sofa. And you're and you're a comatose zombie for the rest of the evening. Okay. Uh, because all you want to do is shut it all off. Right. You know? Right. So uh, you know that that's that's the first first thing that uh, that I would say. Um, the second thing uh, would be shame and doubt. Hmm. Huh. Um, you know. Uh, you know, you may be asked at work to take on a new assignment, and you want to, but you, but you know, you've got this this voice inside you that's silently screaming, "Who are you kidding?" You know, uh-huh. uh, uh, because you know you've got too much on your plate now. Would uh, you say that that does that shame manifest somewhat in like an imposter syndrome? The person feeling like, well, you know. That's not really me. They they think I can do that, but I really don't have the the tenacity to actually do that job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Uh, because because you know you're you're this person, uh, this type A personality usually, 
that has gone all through your career projecting as uh, this image that's been the norm. Uh, and, you know, now this voice is saying, just as, you're, just as you said, this voice is shouting to you, you know, imposter, imposter. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right. Um, well, actually, um, if I might chime in here, uh, Perg, I actually have a caller on the line. Um, Laura, who's a who is a nurse, um, I'm going to bring her on, and it seems that she might be on the brink of um, maybe quitting nursing. So, Laura, you're on the air, and uh, you're on with all of us here, and Coach Perg, and please, uh, by all means, pose your question oh, on the air. Hi, uh, I, I was, you know, I'm really debating with uh, the feelings of like just quitting, and uh, you know, I know I would really miss it. But I'm feeling like at this point in time, uh, there's really, like, no room for family nursing. You know, you take care of patients, like, all day, and then you have to go home to take care of more people. And, Mm. you know, this expectation is just, like, really, uh, on Sunday, I, like, I think that I even, like, applied for, like, an engineering program. (laughs) So, like, not anything to do with nursing. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, I, I just want you know, to go home and just, like, not have to think about, you know, taking care of more people, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, this, uh, you know, you've brought out another point that that we really haven't talked about, and that is, um, uh, you know, with the majority of nurses, which are uh, are the female gender, uh, uh, many of them are are uh, mothers and 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 uh, wives who are single mothers, uh, who uh, who have all these uh, added responsibilities at home, uh, and can't can't even provide themselves with that little bit of however however beneficial it might be that little that little benefit of. Uh, grabbing the Hagen Doss and jumping on the couch and zoning out for the rest of the evening after work because they've got they've got responsibilities all these responsibilities at home to take care of. Uh, how long have you been a nurse? I've been a nurse for eight years, uh, but uh, my last job was at a hospital where the turnover rate was so high. Uh, there were 12 ORs and they did an average of 120 surgical procedures uh, a day. And they gave me, yeah, five recovery rooms, and I was one of the in one of the recovery rooms. Uh, Taken into consideration, like callbacks that started at 8:30. I mean, my job it ended at at 4:30, but I, majority of the time I had to go back to work at 8:30. Wow. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I just like you know, I just don't feel like we're being taken care of at work. You know, there's right. no. There's no sense. They're like we're like robots. There's no sense of wow. like you know what? Let me cut a rake. You know, have right. a day off. You know, you did a good job. None of that. And wow. uh, it 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 started. You know, I've switched jobs in the last two years. I've switched jobs three times. Kind of expecting to you know, coming to work to you know some place that would really kind of like take care of our nurses. But I don't I don't find it. I don't see it anywhere. Wow. So, uh, so Laura, I'm suspecting uh, you say 
changed jobs three times in the last three years, did you say? Two years. Uh, two years. Two years. Yeah. Okay. So I'm suspecting you've at least, um, you know, began feeling this way uh, at least a couple of years ago, maybe longer than that. Uh, yeah. How, lo- how long have you been feeling that uh, you wanted to leave nursing? Just, uh, for, uh, like Sunday, you know, on, on Friday I had like a mental breakdown at work and I had to like get in my car and like cry, you know, for a mm-hmm. while because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, people quit left and right. Like, you know, they're just like, I guess they're feeling just as bad as I am. I just have like a conscience and I can't just drop things and leave. And, you know, mm-hmm. things pile up. I'm working in a, at a home health company where somebody quit, and then uh, there's two of us, and so we had to pick up her load, and it was just crazy that day. And, and uh, like, I think that Friday, that's when I said, you know what, I just want to go home and, you know, and go to work in a regular, you know, like mopping floors where I don't have to be responsible for anybody's well-being. I don't care if I don't make any money, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Well, and they're also, I just want to chime in really quickly. Um, in those yeah. situations, it seems that, um, I mean, it sounds like deep down, you, you know, you have a great heart. You've got your, you know, you say it's kind of weighing on your conscious, conscience here. And um, it's almost as if you're, you're faced with, um, and I don't want to target the employer per se, but when it, there's like so much chaos going on, it almost feels like, okay, I'm not getting in, in, any investment from my employer. My coworkers are sort of like, um, falling around me, you know, where's my loyalty here in a sense? Like, I mean, I don't feel invested in, I don't feel like there's any loyalty among my coworkers. And, you know, I think many nurses probably feel like, well, why don't I just drop off too? And, uh, and then we just end up job hopping. Yeah. Right. And, and I'll just say, this is Keith, um, that some of us who job hop, I've done it too. It's, there, there's a certain amount of stress involved in leaving jobs and then starting new jobs. Have you found mm-hmm. that, Laura? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and and you kind yeah. of leaving in like good faith, thinking like, you know what, this is where I'm gonna catch my break, but it just doesn't seem to be going that way. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, I think some, sometimes in in a job where we find that we're not being taken care of by the administrators, by the supervisors, by our colleagues. It's a difficult thing to extract ourselves and then decide, you know, I want to find a place where I'm taken care of, where I can do a good job and I can also have my needs met. And I think it's a boundary issue for a lot of us nurses because we just want to go out there and help people, and we don't really necessarily want to think about our own needs. But, Laura, it sounds like you have a lot of needs that you're becoming aware of that are not being met at your workplace. And I think... It's a strength. I want to point out that it's a strength in you to even be able to see that. A lot of people don't even see it, and they just continue to get unhappy and provide, you know, mediocre care, but they don't know what's really happening. And the fact that you're now aware of it, I think, is really a strength and something to to focus on, that you have the awareness now. Yeah, um, I, I was just wondering if, like, you know, I, I just don't see any other way around it without, like, more schooling, you know, to where I could, you know, probably, like, take on a teaching position and, like, take a break and teach people because I really like that. So I just think, like, you know, I just have to hang hang tight and, 
and just, you know, get some kind of degree where I could, be, like, you know, share what, what I've learned, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. L- Laura, let me, uh, let me ask you are, you, are you talking about going back to school uh, while you continue to work at this place? Uh, well, uh, as a matter of fact, like, I put in my two weeks notice today. Oh, and okay. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, I had a schedule of four to five patients a day, and it was, like, all day, just the phone kept ringing, and they just keep on adding patients. And I was like, you know, one time I got home at 1030, and I started my day at 730. You know, it's yeah. just, mm-hmm. like, not physically possible. You know, you can't yeah. just, we're not robots. And I just... Well, First of all, Laura, I'd like to share with you that you are not alone. Um, uh, I hear this all the time. I've been to it myself. Uh, and uh, you've, you've already made the decision to make a change. And um, what I would like, like to see you do, and, and, and it seems like you have a, a, a great plan in mind, uh, of going back to school, uh, I'd like to see this be a big turning point for you. Um, you know, uh, to see this as an opportunity uh, to change your life. Um, this might be a good time for me to uh, read a little anthem that uh, uh, is a favorite of mine, and I and I don't I don't even know where this comes from. Uh, uh, something I picked up somewhere along the way, but it says, "For the phoenix to rise from the ashes, one must know the pain to transform the fire to burning desire." And you have that opportunity now to do that. To uh, you know, to to uh, to rise up from the ashes uh, and uh, turn your life into a burning desire. Uh, and you have the desire to go back to school. And uh, if you uh, put yourself behind that, like it sounds like you are, uh, this could be a great turning point for you. Yeah, I think, you know, I would really like that and, like, maybe even, like, come into, like, some kind of administrative position so that and somebody needs to do something. You know, they, the hospitals need to listen to somebody because mm-hmm. everybody, the only people that end up suffering is the patients. You know, you have grumpy nurses, overtired, working two or three jobs. Sometimes you have to, you know, and, and, and it's, it's like something's got to give, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, I wanted to to say, Laura, that um, in my case, it wasn't that I was in a working situation that was unbearable, but, you know, when I decided to start my own business, it was simply I had this overwhelming desire to, to try something new, start something new, create my own thing, and, you know, I knew that I had to make a change, so... You know, I took that leap of faith, kind of the same leap of faith that you, you know, you put in your two weeks. I said, "Hey, I no longer want to be full time. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm getting off this this train kind of thing." I dropped down to per diem, and um, that gave me an incredible amount of flexibility, uh, where I could literally, you know, uh, set my budget and go, "Okay, I have to make this amount of money a month." 
you know, both for my living expenses and for the upcoming business expenses of building a business. And so that means I'll work this many shifts a month, and then I have the rest of the time to focus on building my business, which I think for you could be an excellent strategy. You know, you, you said it yourself. You wouldn't even mind mopping floors and not making any money. Well, I can tell you that per diem, you'll actually make a pretty good hourly rate, more than you make a, you know, full-time. Yes, salary, yeah. And Right. And um, that will afford you the flexibility to pursue things like um, further education or, you know, certification or whatever it is you, um, you know, whatever it is this moment in time brings up for you in terms of future opportunities and potential. Um, but I do think that, you know, we as nurses have this wonderful ability to do per diem work and, and, and leverage that, and, and it gives us this incredible amount of flexibility. And so I would say use that tool in your toolbox um, oh, and that, do some per diem work. Idea. Because and, and what I found being per diem was it was so nice to finally be divorced from all the BS, right, all the politics, all the clinical ladder crap. I didn't have to do any of it. It was great, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It was just like I came in took care of my patients, made a great, you know, hourly, and I got to leave. And it right. it restored a lot of the joy of nursing for me. Mm-hmm. And that was a wonderful thing to change that relationship to bedside nursing by going per diem. Yeah. So that might be a way to restore your relationship in some ways to bedside nursing as you pursue other things. Yeah, that is a really good idea. I, I hadn't really thought about it uh you know, I had never even, like, looked into it, but I think now that you mention it, I, I will, because, you know, you kind of set up your own hours. I'm available these days. Use me, right, or not. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You tell them what you're going to do, not the other way around, and uh, yeah. it's great. You set you set the tone, and you say, I'm going to work, you know, 10 shifts a month. Done. And then yeah. you have the rest of your life to do whatever you'd like with, and it's very nice. Mm-hmm. That, that is a very good idea. Yeah. And Laura, this is Keith. I'll just chime in here huh? for a second too. And and we're not meaning just to throw advice at you. But no. what I Yeah, and what I just wanted to say was that I've left a couple positions as well when I was admittedly burnt out and I did what what uh Anna just described too. I uh-huh. what I did is I I leveraged the skills that I had. And I I finagled a way to have sort of a consulting per diem sort of position where I used to work and started to create other opportunities for myself. And what I found personally was that making that space in my life, creating that opening, things started to happen. And, you know, it's not like just waving a magic wand. I had to also make some things happen. But when I created the space, like you're doing, you're taking a leap of faith, as Anna said, and you're creating an opening. And it's something to think about. And what I thought about at that time and that I'm always thinking about is how can I leverage my skills as a nurse and the any other skills that I have? And how can I create positions or create opportunities where I can take those skills and make a decent living at it with, without being married to a job 40 or 50 hours a week? Right. Hmm. Yeah. That's that's a very good point. Um, I'm so glad I called. You know. Mhm. Yeah. We're glad you called too. So glad you did too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thanks. Yeah, Perg, do you have any um 
any final words for uh, Laura before we um, we're actually going to take a break for a couple minutes? Do you have anything mm-hmm. else you wanted to say before we move on? I, I think I think a lot of the things uh, mentioned uh, are awesome points, and uh, and that it's given Laura some things to some positive things to think about. Uh, and uh, again, uh, Laura, I just encourage you. Uh, with with everything that I have to take care of yourself. Uh, I, I commend you for, um, you know, a lot of people not only will not uh, admit to themselves when they're in over their heads, uh, and uh, then a lot of them that do feel they have no choice. And I want to commend you for your courage in realizing that you do have choices uh, and that you're acting on those choices, uh, and uh, as Keith said, you're you're creating a place, uh, creating a space where uh, uh, you can uh, create something uh, that that will serve you, uh, rather than remaining uh, tied to something that's not. Uh, right. And best of best of luck to you and. Uh, you know, you, it sounds like you you you've uh, you've got yourself in a place where uh, uh, you know things are going to start looking up for you here real quick. Well, thank you so much for your advice, and uh, it, was, it was great talking to you. Thank you, you too, so much. Laura. Thanks for calling in. Yes, thank, thank you, Laura. You. Have a good night. Bye. You good too. Bye bye. All right, guys. So I think let's go ahead and take a quick two-minute break, and we will come back with more of Coach Perk, guys. All right, see you soon. Thank <laughs> you. 
All right. That was great. Thanks for that trombone number, everybody. So, uh, Perg, you still with us? Yes, I am. Hi, buddy. I'm glad you're still here. That was great. I'm glad we were able to Back, help Laura out a little bit. And I hope, Laura, if you're out there, um, we really feel for you. I think every single one of us has been um, in a situation similar, um, and we understand what it's like to sort of uh, either feel oppressed by uh, by an employer, whether it's nursing or otherwise, um, and feel just the feeling of being stuck. Um, and we want you to know you're not stuck. You have options. Um, I think it is about creating that space in your life, and you have obviously started to take those steps. So good on you for that. And, um, you know, we, you've got our support uh, between the four of us. There's a, there's a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience. Um, reach out to us if you need us. Um, you know what I realized as we, were, um, as we were on our break? I realized that, Perg, we did not finish our list of the stages of burnout. And so I just wanted to get a quick... You know, we you talked to us a little bit about the physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion that people might uh, initially feel, and then they're moving into stages of shame and doubt uh, regarding you know either an inability or an unwillingness to take on more responsibility that they're that they're feeling this resistance. Um, where do they go from here? Kind of just a bullet point. What else might people experience? Uh, well, they could also uh, experience, uh, as I mentioned, denial. Uh, okay. disengage, disengagement, and right. there can even be observa- observable behavior changes. Uh, okay. You know, people uh, can people who are are, are normally very um, easygoing uh, mm-hmm. can be, uh, you know uh, begin to uh, you know as Laura mentioned become grumpy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, sarcastic, um, uh, which is which is kind of a defense mechanism of that uh, uh, feeling of um, you know being less. Right. Uh, there's also depersonalization, emptiness, uh, and of course depression. Um, right. Right. Mm. Wow. And and Perg, how about um, compassion fatigue? Where does that come in? Well, uh, you know, compassion fatigue. Uh, uh, eg- exactly where it comes in can be can of course vary, um, but um, you know that that's that's. Um, Sort of along the lines of uh, I have a little mental block here. Of what I what I uh, normally kind of phrase that as uh, relating to nurses, um, but it can uh, you know it can it can come you know any of these stages uh, are are not necessarily in order. Uh, they mm. vary from person to person, uh, and. Uh, you know, because nurses uh, are so compassionate, uh, and you get in a, get into situations where you feel like you have no control, you feel like you have no time for interaction with your patients. Uh, you know, there, there's uh, little time to exercise your compassion. 
which is something that as nurses we all need to do. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that can that can have a horrendous effect on us. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And what happens physically when someone's burning out? You know, what are the physical manifestations, Berg? Uh, physical manifestations are can be many and can be very profound. Mm. Um, I once had uh, my own personal uh, family doctor uh, tell me years ago uh, uh, when I when I didn't know any better <laughs> that uh, you know. Uh, talking about my cholesterol level and, and uh, had me on uh, uh, statins for that. Uh, and he wanted to, even though my cholesterol level uh, at the time was below 200, he wanted to increase my statins. Oh. Uh, and uh, hmm. he explained that by telling me a story about how uh, a study was done. It got real quiet. Are you guys still with me? We're here. We're, We're here. We're here. Okay. We're here. I'm sorry. I thought my I thought my Bluetooth earpiece may have gone dead. No, uh, no. <laughs> but uh, we're just hanging anyway, on the edge of our seat. <laughs> he uh, he told me about a study that was done on uh, 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 young guys uh, from the military uh, uh, in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. Uh, you know, guys ranging from 18 to 24 years old. Uh, that had been killed on the battlefield, and uh, and uh, the in the autopsy, uh, they looked at their arteries and saw all this plaque buildup. Mm. Uh, and uh, was telling me, you know, even at a very young age, even though your cholesterol level may be below 200, uh, you're you're still having plaque buildup. You know, this study shows it. Well, I. Uh, uh, since uh, learning what I have come to learn, I would venture to say that if you took um, uh, a, an 18 to 24 year old cadaver that had not been in wartime mm-hmm. uh, and check and check their arteries, you wouldn't find that plaque. Yeah. Because we know today, we know today that it's not it's not the excess it's not the cholesterol that cause actually causes the plaque buildup. It's the abrasive effect on our arteries uh, that other d- disease processes and, and stress causes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And when those arteries become abrased, uh, that gives the cholesterol something to get caught on, to attach to, and cause yep. the buildup. And yep. uh, we know we know through now through uh, you know uh, veterans with, with PTSD. Uh, that they have that plaque buildup uh, as a result, uh, as an underlying result of, of stress. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, it can it, it can cause heart disease uh, uh, and, and atherosclerosis, uh, or through atherosclerosis, uh, it can cause, of course, a vast array uh, of you know depression and, and anxiety. Uh, it can cause high blood pressure. Uh, it, you know, it can cause, um, you know, all these things uh, that are that uh, that are related. They can be related to stress, but that mm-hmm. uh, instead physicians, uh, you know, of course, are are of the mindset to treat the symptoms 
and fail to look often at the cause. Mm-hmm. Right. And for, for right. how about um, gastrointestinal symptoms? Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, ulcers, uh, uh, diverticulitis. Um, you know, all those all those things. Every mm-hmm. everything can be affected, and we even now know that uh, the brain can be affected physiology uh, physiologically. Uh, that it, uh, they have found uh, that it that uh, high levels of continued chronic stress uh, can actually cause uh, holes in the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. We we definitely I see that um, a lot in, in mental health, um, even in the intellectually disabled, but but individuals who definitely have a Anxiety disorder, depression. I mean that they're easily distressed. They're easily distressed or stressed out, um, almost as if they're leading onto this or going down this path of early dementia, um, related to to that stress uh, exactly. early on in their life. If they don't treat it, if they don't do anything about it, um, exactly, the consequences are pretty big. Pretty big. Exactly, and and Kevin, that's why it is so important uh, for nurses to really think about this and, and think about where they're at uh, uh, in regards to uh, stress and are they, are they, do they see themselves approaching that level of burnout that, uh, you know, if you, if you start seeing symptoms well, like, like, you know, not only at work, but where you, when you, when you go home, you're, you're, you're jumpy and you're edgy and uh, you just can't seem to relax. You're having trouble sleeping. Uh, you know, all these things uh, are signs that the, this is something that you're no longer able to leave at the workplace. Uh, right. And, and you, you, you know, I implore anyone that's, that's in that state to do something about it because right. well, uh, it can kill you. Yeah, it, well, sure. exactly, and that's and that's ultimately that's the thing. It, it can kill you, and, and you can have those conversations with your patients, uh, Perg. And um, now the thing is, is that when you start talking about lifestyle changes, you know, either people don't know much about it, or they're like, "Oh no!" I mean, this is like the old crap moment where they know everything's going to change. So, I mean, how do we recover from that burnout? I mean, how how do we recover, and how how can we then avoid it uh, for for future reference? Well, I think. Um, you know, one of the most beneficial things uh, is meditation. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people uh, out there tend to look up, look upon that as, you know, all woo-woo, new, uh, new wave stuff, you know. Uh, and, you know, this is... This has become a scientifically proven fact uh, that that cannot that can no longer be denied. You know, again, again, going back to uh, veterans with PTSD, and and a lot of you know, I, I'm personally one that believes uh, that nurses can suffer from PTSD just as well as uh, someone who's been out on the battlefield. But, Absolutely. Uh, 
Absolutely. Uh, Without a doubt. I, I'm, I'm sitting here holding a uh, copy of, of, uh, of an article about a study on uh, veterans uh, with PTSD entitled Veteran PTSD Symptoms Significantly Reduced After Only Eight Weeks of Transcendental Meditation. Mm, uh, wow. And what, what, they, what they did was uh, uh, this was uh, a study uh, that was done uh, an eight-week course of, of stress-reducing transcendental meditation, uh, and it resulted in a 50% reduction in PTSD symptoms among Iraq Afghanistan veterans. Wow. Uh, 50, 50%. Uh, that, that is very substantial. Uh, and this was reported in Military Medicine, um, the magazine Military Medicine. Right, uh, it right. Was a, it was a pilot study that involved five veterans ages 25 to 40 years with PTSD symptoms, and they all served between 10 and 24 months and had been involved in moderate or heavy moderate combat. And the researchers from Georgetown University Medical School explained that meditation resulted in considerable reductions in stress and depression and clear relationship improvements. Uh, and the participants' overall quality of life improved. Uh, wow. So, you know, and and the senior researcher on this was Norman Rosenthal. Uh, and uh, if anyone remembers, he was the the first to describe SAD, uh, seasonal affective disorder, and mm. pioneered the use of light therapy of, uh, for patients with SAD. So, you know, it's, it's a scientifically proven fact that it works. And, you know, even if, if nurses would, you know, throughout their day, now I know nurses, you know, most nurses just think they don't have time, and, and boy, I understand that. I want many a 12-hour shifts, uh, um, you know, holding my bladder because I, yeah. I felt I didn't even have time, didn't even have time to uh, pee, you know. But right. um, but if they if if they could just take thirty seconds, uh, you know, to, uh, two or if they're working twelve hour shifts, try three times a day uh, mm-hmm. through their shift, and take thirty seconds and just sit down and concentrate on their breathing, and and stop the wheels turning, you know, and just concentrate on their breathing. You know that that is meditation, uh-huh. and right. and if they could just if if they could just do that two or three times a day uh, during their shift, uh, and then at home, uh, you know, learn about meditation, and at home, uh, do it for longer. You know, do it for fifteen to thirty minutes uh, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. every night at home. Uh, they would see a phenomenal improvement in their stress level. Mm-hmm. So, that, well, so, that, yeah. so that's just one way. Right. And Perg, right. I know right. you you know our friend Annette Tersini, the yoga nurse. She's been on this oh, show. Yes. And she talks all about yoga and the, the balance that one can bring to one's life through yoga, through meditation, and even through doing something as simple as what you just mentioned, which is just taking a few breaths, just really taking a few moments to breathe. It can really change the tenor of the moment when you're really in mm-hmm. the thick of it. 
And that's exactly. such good advice, but it's so hard for us all to remember to do that when we're when we're really under duress. And I think that's a skill that we all need to keep reminding ourselves of. That's right there. We take it with us everywhere we go. It's yes, a habit it we can cultivate, and, yeah. Exactly. Right. It's a habit we, we need to cultivate. And, and, you know, practice makes perfect. And, and I tell you, after doing after doing that for about a week, uh, you will look forward to it. <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's great. And as I said, that, that's just that's just one way. You know, another way that I that I always promote uh, to nurses um, is uh, some form of exercise. Uh, yeah. You know, not of course not in the workplace, but. Uh, you know, uh, to take up some form of exercise, and one of one of the best, uh, in my opinion, is yoga, uh, because anyone can do yoga. You right. Know, uh, you know, As an Etrusini has has shown us, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not a uh, a, a situation where you have to perform. Uh, you don't have to do. Uh, ha- uh, headstands uh, or or, or uh, any of that, you know, uh, lick your elbow or or anything like that. You uh, you do what you're able, what you're capable of doing. Right. Uh, right. And and it can be um, be of awesome benefit. You know, just just mm-hmm. stretching, just stretching is just. Um, you know, uh, it's such a great thing. I mean, it improves mm-hmm. your flexibility uh, and it de-stresses you. Right, right. Now, per- you know, I used I'm, to go... I'm I jump- used to- go ahead. I'm sorry. I was no, no, no finish say, your thought. You know, I, I just had a question. I, I, can, I can remember going into work, you know, and 10 minutes after I was there, noticing all this tension in my upper back between my shoulder blades. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I would go all day like that with my my upper back just hard as a rock, uh, and wow. uh, through stretching and the use of meditation, uh, you know I learned I learned to uh, relax and, and to stop that. You know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go, ahead, go ahead, Anna. No, no, no. I I just I was listening to what you said, but I wanted to switch gears a little bit, and I wanted to. Maybe ask a question that is a little bit controversial, but, um, you know, I know that as the state of healthcare changes in our nation and as, um, at least I've seen it in our area down here in South Florida, as um, some nonprofits get swallowed up by some for-profit hospitals and operations, and I know that there are distinct differences in the way that business tends to be done um, in some of those uh, institutions. I'm wondering this. Do you personally feel that a for-profit system or for-profit institution contributes to burnout more so than a non-for-profit? Definitely. Definitely. Tell me more about your thoughts on that. Well, um, I, I, I have experience working for a nonprofit. Uh, okay. uh, in fact, in fact, my first job out of nursing school, I worked for seven years for a nonprofit uh, in um, two different two different uh, ICFMRs that they ran. Um, 
And, uh, you know, of course they have, you know, depending on, um, uh, you know, how their contributions are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their their budgets can vary. Uh, right. But the, the one I was in, um, the one that I was involved with, um, was awesome. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't remember back then. Uh, ever experiencing uh, any of the stresses related to work overload. Right. Um, now, again, I can't speak for all nonprofits, and, uh, sure. and it, it depends on their budget, I'm sure. But that's the experience I had. But the uh, the for-profit, um, you know, it's, you know, unfortunately, uh, our world for uh, – you know, at least several decades now uh, here in the United States uh, has, uh, you know, I I can remember back, you know, I'm an old guy, I remember back in the early 80s. And I can can remember the the birth of the, of this workplace philosophy of this corporate philosophy of cutting the fat. Uh, and it, you know, I, I've watched it, uh, you know, th- through through these decades, uh, continue and continue and continue, uh, and boy, you know, we're we're way past the fat. We're down to the bone. Uh, mo- most of us, most most places are, uh, and you know, I don't see. The patients benefiting from that, and I don't see mm-hmm. the employees benefiting from that. Uh, right. The ones, the only ones I see benefiting from that uh, are, are the um, the CEOs uh, and the shareholders. Yeah. Uh, right. And uh, it's it, you know, it it's it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing, and, and it's and it's got to stop. But I believe I believe it's coming. I believe it's on the horizon. Well, I agree, and I think I think um, some of the individuals in these corporations, these corporate environments, are so far elevated. They just they have no frame of reference. They're so detached. The shareholders are definitely detached. It's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable business model. Um, it was interesting. I was watching on Twitter here. Uh, there's a uh, a user out there at your cervix seventy eight. Sorry, I don't have your name. It's just, that was just your handle there on Twitter. She was actually saying she works in L and D, and um, <laughs> cervix. I love it. Great, great. Yeah, worked great, about hundred. Yeah, worked great about a hundred hours. A hundred hours in like, or yeah, a hundred hours in eight days. And I'll have to say, in some of the settings that I worked wow. in, some of the um, uh, protocol was to not work. Five days in a row, you know these twelve day, right. twelve hour shifts. Um, I would say, don't even go past three. Really, I mean, are you are you feeling safe beyond that? And I'm not I'm not trying to knock her, uh, for sure. I, I'm just saying, like I, I just see that so many times, and I saw it in, in my practice as well. Um, so, anyway, um, sorry guys, it, it seems like we have a little bit of static. I'm not exactly sure what's going on here. 
Mm. You know what? You know what? It could be me. It could be my country. Every year, every once in a while. Yeah. Well, I'll sign off and I'll come back. back. You guys can continue. Well, come on, come on, come on. I'll give you a call. The world, the world, the world, the world. I'll be back. Okay. Okay. The only thing I got out of that was I'll be back. Right. Yeah, I think it's unfortunately, and I don't know, I, I kind of heard it as well, not even just from Anna, but um, I don't know. Hey, are you are you guys hearing anything now? Are you guys okay? No, we're, we're good now. So. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, it, it was just the, the point I was trying to make is that um, it is unfortunate because uh, a lot of us, sometimes we have to work overtime, we have families to support, and... Um, you know, to gain that that overtime. I mean, I really do think you kind of have to look at it on a case-by-case basis, but really the administration, our, you know, our nurse managers and nurse leaders out there, um, I mean, I ultimately think we have to have coaches on the units and to make sure to sort of triage the nurses there and say, do you really, are you fit for this in the sense that can you go another shift? Um, you know, we do need to pull from this unit to go to this unit or whatever. Um and and it does become sort of in that for-profit situation. It's just like filling those gaps. Uh, but really, you got to assess those nurses to say, okay, yeah, we can fill a hole here, but is it a great investment, um, you know, not only for the nurse to, to take that extra time and then go to that other unit or work that extra shift on the unit or wherever you are, um, because really it does become a short-term gain, long-term loss. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of how I see it. Well, you know, I think I think um, you know there may be some people, uh, some nurses out there that that might not like hearing hearing this or the idea of this. Uh, but if if you are in a situation where you have to work, uh, you know, all these crazy hours uh, in order. To make your bills, uh, and, and it's killing you. Uh, I think you need to look at uh, a, a way to get out of debt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and if you are a person that's working all these crazy hours because your your employer is mandating it to you, uh, then I think uh, you need to look for another job. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, if 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 you're not getting up every day uh, excited about what you're about to do, then you need to you need to look at doing something else. And you know, I I was raised up with the mindset, you know, from from my dad uh, that you know, uh, working is not about. Uh, liking what you do. You know, working's about making a paycheck and supporting your family. Mm. And, of course, making a paycheck and, uh, and supporting your family is, an, is, is a responsibility that you have to uh, take on. But you don't have to do something uh, that you don't want to do in order to right. do that. Right. Uh, right. There are options out there. Right. You just, when we're swallowed up though, I mean, really when we're all overwhelmed and you're just, you're just in that, sucked into that vortex, you just feel stuck. You feel like you don't have any, 
choice in the matter. Just no options, yeah. Yeah, and so it it does for coaches like yourself. I mean, it's great to have an outside perspective to kind of uh, yeah, really just kind of help pull those pieces out and reevaluate and and show someone yes, you do have choices. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. That's right. And and uh, Kevin, I know exactly what you're saying because I was uh, I I was stuck being sucked into that vortex that you that you talked about for many years. Uh, you know, I, I I had a state job that that paid well, uh, had great benefits, uh, and a great retirement. Uh, and I allowed those things to outweigh uh, my <laughs> to outweigh caring for myself. And you know, there's another vortex out there, uh, and that's the vortex that uh, you know that uh, brings you into. Uh, a state of light and empowerment, uh, a, a vortex uh, where you uh, come to realize uh, the the awesome power that the universe uh, has given you, mm-hmm. uh, and we mm-hmm. all have it. We mm-hmm. all have it, and uh, you know, uh, 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 upon coming to realize that. Uh, I mean, it's just hard for people who who haven't been there to realize uh, that it's real and to believe. But if but if they can come to do that, uh, it, it can be life changing. Uh, it was for me. Mm. Well, well, Perg, thank you for for sharing that. That's everything you're sharing is very helpful and very wise. And I think we have a lot of listeners and tweeters out there who are taking some tidbits and jewels home with them from this conversation. So we have a couple more questions for you before we um, before we wrap up this segment of the show. So sure. If, if you could narrow it down, what three pieces of advice would you give to nurses who are feeling burnt out? If you could just give them three things to take away right now, what would you say? Uh, well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, probably first and foremost uh, is meditation. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it can also be termed as visualization. Um, um, you know, just just that uh, sitting and and closing your eyes for uh, for you know a, a, a permissible amount of time uh, on a daily basis. Excuse me, uh, and concentrating, focusing on your breathing, um, and uh, you know that that uh, just doing that alone, you know, when, when we when we become stressed, uh, what what happens to cause all these symptoms that we that we've discussed is uh, that our, our body uh, we get that fight or flight response. And our body dumps out all that cortisol uh, and, and adrenaline, uh, and you know that that stuff's good for you when you know a tiger jumps out of the bushes, right? Uh, 
and you, and you and you need to start booking. Uh, but when it's a constant state, and, and, and you know, uh, research has shown that people in a constant state of stress also have a constant state of elevated cortisol and uh, cortisol levels in their bloodstream. <laughs> and when it's constant like that, that's when that's when all the harm comes. And through meditation, uh, they've shown that you can lower uh, the, those hormones uh, and, and actually stop the body from producing them uh, through meditation. And it's and it's a lasting effect. You know, it, it doesn't it, you know just last if you meditate for 30 minutes. It just doesn't last for that 30 minutes. Uh, it goes on and, and lasts for a time after that. Mm-hmm. So that that would be the first thing. Okay, what's uh, right. Uh, the second thing uh, that I think I would suggest is find an activity outside of work that you enjoy doing. Uh, you know, it, it, it may sound silly, but that diversion mm-hmm. uh, can can be a great benefit. You know, for for me, uh, for me, it was martial arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that you know I, I looked for that was something that I looked forward to uh, because I enjoyed it so much. Uh, it got me the exercise that I needed. Uh, it, it it got me the stretching uh, that I needed, uh, similar to yoga. Uh, and there's even a little bit of meditation involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So so I found that it served all those purposes for me and not that I'm trying to plug martial arts here or anything, but that was, that was my, that was my thing. Sure. You know, find your thing uh, and start doing it. And, and if you don't know what your thing is, get out and and experiment, you know, do some things so that, uh, try some things uh, and, and find that thing that you, that you enjoy and have passion for. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and I, I, I kind of covered the third thing uh, with that, uh, with the example of what my thing was, and that's exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because exercise uh, also will lower those hormones, uh, you know, especially post-exercise. Uh, after after exercising, all those levels drop uh, and, and that's and that's the uh, initial goal is to uh, because those, those hormone levels are, are what will kill you uh-huh. yeah yeah for sure right. well Kevin Kevin did you have something for Perg here no no yeah Perg um, I'm always curious um, for all of our entrepreneurs out there what what projects are you working on right now what's exciting what's fresh well, what's fresh for me right now is I'm excited about a uh, a new program that I'm creating uh, in the process of creating. Um, uh, it should be uh, done and in the can uh, fairly soon now. Uh, but it's a uh, it's going to be a presentation series uh, entitled uh, "Nurses Bliss Out" series. 
Uh, and it's a practical guide to preventing burnout in the chaotic world of nursing and living a life on fire. And uh, we'll, in, we'll include uh, several of the things that we've discussed tonight um, and uh, uh, delving into topics like how the world really works and harnessing the astounding power of thought mm. and uh, know and become who you really are, master your mindset, and all kinds of, all kinds of uh, great topics that, uh, that people, uh, I hope, will benefit from. Very cool. And this is going to be a recorded series, or, or what is this? Yes, yes, it's okay, going to be a, a, a pre-recorded series uh, uh, of uh, slide presentations and audio, of course. Um, and uh, uh, I, I'm thinking that I uh, that I just may include uh, as an extra little bonus thing uh, a, uh, a a guided meditation uh, along along with it that. Um, you know that people can can use. I uh, you know I love I love guided meditations. You know I meditate right. on my own, so that I love guided meditations. They're so mm-hmm. relaxed, uh, and um, uh, so I, so I'm I'm thinking I'm going to include uh, something like that also. Fantastic, fantastic, and it'll be affordable for everyone. That's the most important part. Yep, we are nurses after all. Mm. Yeah. Well, Perg, um, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show, and um, we want to mention your your excellent website again to all our listeners. It's CoachPerg.com, and Perg is P-E-R-G. So CoachPerg.com. There's a blog. There's photographs of Perg. There's um, some great things to see on there. There's even a video. So we really. encourage everyone to visit your website to check it out and see the it's a very slick presentation really lovely photos really well put together and it really gives the the viewer a sense of of what you're all about and i i really want to congratulate you on that website well thank you thank you very much uh keith it's um um it was uh it was a, it was a lot of work, but uh, but I had a blast uh, working with my uh, web designer creating it. And uh, and listeners, don't uh, don't don't be put off by the pictures of Perg, okay? Um, <laughs> and Keith, thanks thanks uh, so much for your gracious comments about it. Oh, you're very welcome, and um, I look forward to, at some point in the future, you and I having some conversations about how we can work together. I think we have extremely similar and parallel goals and mission of what we want to do to help nurses really succeed and flourish in their lives. So I feel like you're my you're my brother in, in burnout recovery and burnout prevention. So there's a lot we can do out there. Definitely, and I feel the same way, Keith. And if I can mention one other thing that I'm working on, uh, I'm also uh, I, I, I got it set aside right now on the back burner while I'm developing this program. But uh, as soon as it's finished, I'm going to be um, doing <clears throat> uh, uh, what what I'm going to call going to be calling uh, the Nurses Turning Point series. 
Uh, and in it, I'm going to be uh, interviewing uh, some of the uh, top nurse entrepreneurs uh, out there, and I won't reveal uh, any names at this time. Uh, I hope that generates a little curiosity uh, and anticipation for people. Uh, uh, um, but uh, these are going to be uh, a little bit different probably than what most people have heard before in that uh, these are going to be intimate, heart-to-heart uh, interviews uh, where these nurse entrepreneurs will be, uh, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, getting a little bit naked with the uh, listeners uh, in uh, telling uh, their story uh, of, of where they were and uh, how they got where they are. So I think that'll be very interesting. Uh, and uh, and uh, the... The four of us uh, uh, know several of the of the people I'm intending to interview, but that, that's that's all I'll say about that at this time. Ah, oh, well, it leaves an aura of mystery for our listeners. Yeah, and for us too, actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's great. We love that. So, Kevin and Anna, are you both um, you both have something there? Uh, no, I just I think that was um, yeah I I'm curious now, so Kurt, I'm, I'm going to stay in tune to what's going on with you, brother, because uh, I do want to hear more about that. Well, uh, uh, let me say this: you guys are going to be the uh, among the first to know. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> awesome. I think there's a little hint so, there. All right. So, guys, real quick, we have a last minute caller. Just yeah. wanted to let you guys know, uh, before we lose Perg, I didn't want Perg to jump off the line. We have a uh, last-minute caller, and it is actually at your cervix. She's, nice. Um, yeah, she's coming in from the Twitter sphere, uh, and her name is actually Kristen. She has a name. She's not just at your cervix. So I want to bring her on, okay? <laughs> awesome, Kristen. All right. Kristen, well, you're live on the air. How are you doing? Just fine. How are you? Good, good. We're glad to have you on. Thanks for having Hi, Kristen. Good evening. Thank you for having me, you guys. I appreciate uh, it. I hope we didn't push you too much in the, in the tweet chat there. We just obviously this is you come on uh, if you want, but we love having callers and, and hearing the stories. So thank you so much for coming on. No problem. No problem. And Kristen, with a handle like that, you got to be pretty darn cool. Exactly. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I love it. I have been accused of being like the Bill Gates professional, blue jeans professional. Nice. I just really laid back with my patients, like really down to earth, and I think they appreciate it. Nice. That's my kind of girl. That's awesome. Definitely, yeah. Awesome. So, so, Kristen, what did you want to talk about tonight? Well, on Twitter we were talking about um, about burnout, and I mentioned uh-huh. that, that I had um, worked 100 hours in eight days last week. Wow. wow. And it's just, you know – in the moment when I'm actually working and I'm at the bedside and I'm with my patients and I'm helping them through everything that they're going through, uh-huh. it doesn't feel like an 18-hour shift. It doesn't feel like I'm working 17 and a half hours. Sure. 
It's when I get in my car to drive home. Right. It's like, oh, my gosh, my back, all the muscles in my back, just they just all clench. Super, super tight. And I'm a travel nurse, and, and I travel back and forth um, from my home, which is like five and a half hours away from where I work. And so, like, I work 100 hours, but in two separate states, in two separate cities. And it's just, it's rewarding, but there are times when when it's just like, I just want to give up sometimes. You know, I just want to say, you know what, I just want to take a vacation for a month and go lay on the beach in Mexico. Uh Okay, working 100 hours, though, in eight days, unless you have some wild, crazy bills, you might be able to take a break every once in a while. Yeah. Well, I feel guilty. I really uh, feel guilty. Wow, um, what's that about? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just the school that I went the school that I went to, our our motto was Vita Alice Votus, which is um it is Latin for life devoted to others and I really truly embrace that and live that. And that's what's causing my burnout. Okay, so let me just jump in here real quick and say one thing. The, you know, okay, I don't know what the first responder motto is in Latin, but I know that as a first responder, if you do not first put on your own, you know, life vest or put on your own oxygen mask or make sure that you yourself are acting in a way that, you know, is in line with self-preservation. You cannot sustainably save or help others. And and I got to tell you, listen, I, um, you know, after the, the Haiti earthquake, I went down and I didn't sleep for six days and I worked my tail into the ground, came back with PTSD myself. So I know what it is to be comp- have this bizarre compulsion to just give, 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 and you're in the moment, and it's almost a high. And you don't right. even feel your own exhaustion. You're just going, you're going, you're going, and that's where you're deriving all of your meaning. And I get that because, I, you know, I've never felt more alive than when I've been giving and giving and giving and working myself to a bloody pulp. But it's not sustainable, it's, you know, and especially not for them and especially for you. Right. I do need to step back and just take some time for myself and for my kids because I do have children, and it's hard to yeah, it's hard to be a travel nurse and have kids and you know have like a whole life outside of you can't save the world. I know, but I want to. I know you. I want to. I don't want. I I became a nurse because I had a 28 weeker, and so I had a one pound ten ounce baby when I was 20 years old. And so now, you know, 12 and a half years later, You're on a I mission. still, I'm on a mission. I do not I know want you are. to have to go through what I went through. I was but left honey, with PTSD with, you know, with my birth experience. And, and I think that there's just, you know, it's important for me as somebody who's been there, done that, you know, personally and now doing it professionally, they, people need to realize the impact that they have on other people and how they can make or break somebody's experience. Right. I mean, it, it's so 
crucial to a woman's being, you know, and it, and that's why I think that's probably why I'm so passionate about it. I work with a lot of young nurses who don't have children, who have zero clue what it's like to be on the other side of the bed, and they're taking care of critically ill patients, and I just try to give them that insight, and, you know, I'm passionate about teaching them, but I know I need to just take a step back and and take a second for myself and like breathe or something. Because right. if you're going yeah, if you're gonna be able to continue year in and year out to teach them and serve them and you're doing an amazing thing. But if you're gonna be able to continue to do that without suffering significantly yourself, you're going to have to pace yourself. You know, remind yourself it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh-huh. And this is a lifelong devotion and a mission. And a mission deserves to be sustained. You know, you cannot, you can't call it a mission if it's just a fantastic flame out, right? And it's going right. to be a fantastic flame out if you can't sustain it. So you have to find a way to create balance to sustain this, or else you yourself are going to suffer, and that would be such a loss to those you'd like to serve. Right, exactly. And That's again. very well said, Anna. Yeah, very Thank well you. said. Yeah. You're welcome. And Kristen, this is Keith, and uh, welcome. Thank you for calling. And I, I just would like to say that I know you you do feel this driving desire that you want to be at each birth. You know, you want to be with each mother to really make sure they have the they have the experience that you know they can have, right? Um, right. And you do the hundred hours, but it's kind of like in a way, you, if you think about it there's always one more that you could help. You know, I'm sure you have that feeling. There's always another one around the corner. Mm. I could do I could mm-hmm. do 105 hours and reach one more mother, or I could right. do 110 hours next week and reach another right. mother. But I guess the thing to I realize... Don't, I, yeah. I was going to say, I don't really look at it that way, because <laughs> when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, I can only give so much of myself before I just shut down. That's, mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to sleep. <laughs> right, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, At least um, you have Herg, some limits. <laughs> yeah. Herg, did you want to chime in with a little something here? Well, first, I, I, you know, I want to say I, I'm glad to hear that too, but, uh, but your endurance uh, is far beyond, <laughs> far beyond the norm. Uh, right. You know, you uh, you are really stretching it out thin there. Before you, by the time you reach that point, apparently, of mm-hmm. being done. And you know, as you've been listening on the show tonight, uh, the things that we've covered uh, about what this uh, kind of behavior can do to a person. Uh, you know, you 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 mentioned that you 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 have a, at least one child at home. You may have others. Um, uh, you know, you have to be there for them too. And I don't, I, you know, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, to to get them raised, uh, uh, to to watch them go on and and do their thing in life. Uh, and you know the way the way you're going, um, you know, you have to, you have to face, uh, the, the, the likely fact that this is going, uh, this is doing harm to your, to you physically. Uh, 
and that you can't go on this way. Uh, And I understand what it's like to have a mission and a burning desire, but you have to have balance, and you have to you have to have a lifestyle as well as a work style. Uh, you know, even um, you know, even even guys on the on the battlefield have R and R. You know, right. Um, right. So you have to you have to you know love yourself enough. Uh, to give to yourself a little bit, you know that has to be part of your mission too, uh, because as a- as Anna already uh, uh, said very well, you know you have to be in this for the long haul, uh, you know uh, because that's how you'll be most effective at your mission in in the uh, in the long run. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I hope that you'll take that with you and and give that a lot of serious thought Uh, because, you know, it's very very important that you do that. uh, We want you to be around, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're going to make yourself very sick. Yeah, Yeah, and my, my recruiter has pointed it out to me, you know, since I am a traveler, my recruiter is like, you are doing too much. He's, you know, he's always on my case. Yeah. You're working too much. That's too many hours. You can't do yeah. this. You're only one person. And I'm like, I know. You know, and as for, as for you know, making sure that my kids have what they need, you know, being a travel nurse is no different than me working night shift at a hospital. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, within an hour radius of where we live. The only difference is I don't come home during the day to sleep. Right. Uh, Because I I see my children more now than I did when I lived an hour away and worked full-time nights. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when I'm off, okay, I'm off, except for when I work at my other job during the day while they're at school. But, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I, you know, my kids are in sports, and my kids are, you know, they have a good life. And so I don't feel like I'm taking away from them. I'm taking away right. from me. I, yeah, I was just going to say, this is not about them. This is about you. And and there's yeah. no judgment on, on that. This is just genuine concern and care for the person you are and the mission you're on, because it's a good one. But it's one that actually deserves to live longer than a burned out body can can right. sustain it. You understand? And you're not yeah. gonna be able to hold this up much longer. No, I mean, I've been I've been doing this this hard for since I started really. I mean, my first week off of orientation as a brand new labor and delivery nurse, I worked an extra shift. I had 10 deliveries in my first week. I mean, I worked at a very high-volume, high-risk, very high-paced hospital, and it's always been, you know, you go from zero to 60 in I know. three seconds. But there's a, so, there's a shelf life to this. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, I would really like is. to still be a nurse when I'm 40, which is not right, too far right. away. Right. I just want to chime in and just keep it simple to say that um, I appreciate having other fellow nurses out there just as passionate about what you do, what we do, 
And I'd love for you to sustain that. Don't let that flame go out. Don't burn out. Don't let that flame yeah. burn out. Keep it alive and take care of yourself. Well, thank you. I, I, I plan to. I mean, this is obviously something that's been weighing heavily on my mind, especially right. with last week with all the hours. I mean, just that's just insane. Like mm-hmm. anybody else who told you know, if anybody else told you I worked 100 hours last week, you know, you'd be like, are you insane? Right. And, I mean, I have people's lives in my hands. And right. that's scary. So it's been, I didn't feel pressured at all to call, and I really do appreciate the invitation to call in. But um, it, it it is something that's been weighing heavily on my mind because I do, I've had other outside sources being like, you're crazy. You are yeah. not, yeah. why are you working this much? And so, I mean, if one person tells you you get something on your face, you just kind of brush it off. But when 10 people right. do, you look at the mirror. Right. right. So. <laughs> kind of an eye-opening experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kristen, it, it's uh... excuse me, Keith. I, this is per Kristen, and I want to I want to uh, be sure and clarify something. I I did not intend to leave you with the impression that I was saying that you that that you were neglecting your kids. Uh, oh no, I... no. I just wanted to clarify that they do. You know, they see me actually more. Even though I'm working insane, I mean, I I work six in a row, and that's two weeks of my work. So it's eight days, you know, I worked 100 hours in eight days, but technically that was two weeks of my work, my travel. Right. 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 What what I was trying to impart to you was was being being there for your kids in the long run. uh, Mm -hmm. and, And to see... To see them grow up and and, and to go out and, and make a life of their own and graduate from college and all those right. things, you know, because because those are the things that uh, that you are risking uh, by by you know carrying on like this with all these hours. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, I make sure that like there are certain things that I do that you know I have to do, like I. I have, I know it's unbelievable. I have a high blood pressure and high cholesterol and like all these health problems that like 60 year old people get, and I have them at 33. But I get my labs done like every three months. I'm religious about going to the doctor and making sure that all my stuff is in check. And if it's not, we do what I gotta do to make it better. I mean. I'm sure that my lifestyle has something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it does, Kristen. I don't want to be 800 pound gorilla in the room, but <laughs> right. Well, um, well, you um, know, Chris, at least Kristen I can laugh and, about it. Right. right. Well, Kristen, um, it's so great of you to call in. Thank you for being willing. And um, we kept Pergon here an extra 20 minutes. And we actually have about four minutes left in the show. So we're going to need to wrap this part of the conversation up so we can kind of wrap things up for the for our um, episode. So let's keep in touch on Twitter and um, keep the conversation going, okay? Please. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you and so you, much. Sleep. Take care. Take care of yourself. And you get a good night's sleep, Yeah, Kristen. take care of yourself. Okay. I'm going to. Thank good you night. so much. Y'all take care. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thank All right. You. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So, Perg, we, we also need to say goodbye to you. We have to move on and um, do our little close-up shop, um, sweep the floors, and um, go out of here in about three minutes. Nothing so like. we just want to thank you again so much and direct our 
listeners and tweeters and followers to coachperg.com, and we'll post that on our website too and on our tweet chat. So, Perg, thanks you, thank you again for your time. You've been very generous and very giving. Thank and you, Perg. We appreciate you having having you on. Well, thank you guys very much, and and for all the listeners out there, uh, uh, if you come check out the, the website. Please um, uh, please sign up please, uh, for my uh, to be uh, notified of my future blogs and and other things that are going on on the website. Great. Okay. Well, thank you, Perg. You have a wonderful night, and we'll be in touch soon. Thanks for All being right, here, Perg. Thank you, guys. Bye bye. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, a whopping three minutes. Wow, that was great. I mean, right I can't believe end. we went awesome. all up to the end. That's amazing. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah. So, we have any uh, any last minute uh, things we need to talk about before we talk about our guests for next week? Well, I have a little. I have an article I'd like to mention. Do we have a minute? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Okay. Well, on Twitter, actually, a couple of days ago, I saw this article that people were putting out that was on NurseZone.com. And the title of the article is Nurses Rejuvenate at HUP's Center for Nursing Renewal. And it was out on March 25th. And the Center for Nursing Renewal at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia um, has created a nursing rejuvenation center where nurses and other healthcare professionals can go for rejuvenation during or after their shifts. Um, wow. They have massage chairs, televisions, computers, um, guided imagery videos, 300 books, lending library on self-care. They have yoga, dance, exercise, and nutrition classes, as well as pet therapy volunteers every week. Oh, my God. So I think it's something we should talk about more in the future, but this was developed at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, and I think it might be a model for other hospitals to follow. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So Love I the idea. That was Love the idea. Mentioning. Right. Hmm. Very worthwhile. I want to work there. I know. Yeah. I, I want to go live there. <laughs> I used to live around the corner from there. So. Oh, you're kidding. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. All right, well, we're down to a whopping two minutes. Um, real quick, I just wanted to um, reiterate that if anybody's looking for resources for nurse advocacy, make sure to hit up nurseup.com. That's nurse and then the word up.com, run by tonight's birthday boy, Andrew Lopez, um, the site on the Internet, the resource for nurse advocacy. Happy birthday again, Andrew, and before we go, just want to, uh, read off our list of guests for the next couple of weeks. On April 2nd, next Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we have the pleasure of hosting Dr. Dean Burke and his wife, Taya Burke. Um, Dr. Dean is the author of The Millionaire Nurse, and he speaks across the country on financial smarts for nurses. Um, if you think it's impossible to be a millionaire on a nurse's salary, think again. This guy will blow your mind. Um, great book, and he's a great speaker. We're really excited and honored to have him on next week, uh, and his wife as well, who is his cohort and uh, compatriot, and she is a nurse. Uh, the following week, we will have Easter break. On the 9th, we'll all be in sugar comas we've established, so we won't be here, and neither should you. We should all be with our families and uh being fat and happy celebrating Easter. And finally, on April 16th, we invite Carol Gino to the studios. She's the author of The Nurse's Story, Rusty's Story, 
and many, many other books, um, which she'll talk to us about. And she's a very passionate nurse advocate, uh, very active in social media, has a great blog, great newsletter, etc. So we're very excited to have her on as well. Um, and that is about it. One more time, we thank Coach Perg for being with us tonight. It was wonderful having you on. You were excellent. And uh, I believe our audience really enjoyed engaging with you. Thanks so much, Kristen, uh, for calling in. Thanks, Laura, for calling in earlier. And if you guys are interested in more about Coach Perg, head on over to CoachPerg.com. And uh, that's us signing off till next week. Anything else, gentlemen? Just good night. Just say, yeah, good night, and thanks to everyone who called in, and thanks to Perg for giving us his uh, generous time and wisdom. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to RN.FM Radio, Nursing Unleashed. Signing off until next Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern.